0: The a podcast channel is brought to you by First Nations Fiber. Welcome to the a Front Page Podcast. In today's episode, we talk to tourism development agent Kimberly Cross Zachary and Dewadunizakta marketing and tourism manager Allison Jacobs about the results of a recent tourism survey in the community. First Nations Wireless is now First Nations Fiber. You've seen our team working through the community to get you connected. From the new development to the OCR, from the 207 Acclaim Mountains. FN Fiber makes fiber optic internet easy for everyone. Coming to Gunhuangas soon. Visit radio.fnfiber.com to sign up today. Hey everyone, my name is Jordan Standup. I'm the assistant editor here at Yuriwase. And today I have two special guests in studio. First, I'm joined by tourism development agent Kimberly Cross Zachary, as well as Dewa Dunizakta's marketing and tourism manager Alison Jacobs. So, welcome to the studio.
1: Thank you. Bye.
0: I have these lovely ladies in here today because we're obviously going to be talking about tourism in the community. And I believe Kimberly is going to start us off by talking about uh, a recent community consultation and some of the results
2: that she would like to share. We were fortunate enough to work with Planet Consulting in the fall of 2021 and they worked um, as in their team on a community consultation process. So we were able to survey the community. Uh, we really wanted to hear everything that everybody as possible that we could speak with had to say. So they did a, a hybrid process. So this was an in-person at some kiosks. It was by telephone. And then they did some by SurveyMonkey on the internet. Our goal was 370 people in the community based on the percentage for surveying in our population. And we surpassed it. So we got 481 community members. This was between November 25th and January 5th. So we were able to, you know, speak to all those people and and ask them the questions of what they wanted to see. Uh, I mean, we were here on the podcast in the fall promoting it. Um, we really want to know how the community wants to move forward. It, it's really a way to make this, um, our strategic plan for the next three years, community owned. You know, it's not just something that we as a team are going to create out of nowhere. We've worked on developing tourism for the past eight years, and that was based on findings within the community eight years ago. It was based on the the current trends in the community, as well as in the tourism industry. And what we had to offer. So we're looking at that again and we're seeing, okay, well, where is the indigenous tourism industry right now? Uh, What does the Quebec market look like? Right now, it's mostly domestic. You know, it's all shifting. And that was because of the pandemic. But really, our market was always domestic. So it hasn't changed much for us. You know, so we're working on all these things. And we want to make sure that everything that we have envisioned is in line with what the community vision is. So... With all these responses, you know, we have a lot of findings that came out and we want to today discuss that with you guys and let the community know. And then these results also from the survey are available online. So people are able to go to our website and they can view the survey results there. They can also call us at the Welcome Center or email us at info at and they can get these results emailed to them. The same thing for our draft strategic plan. So that we don't have available online just because it's still a draft and it's ours. You know, we own it. We don't want another community to pick it up around the world, you know. So we're just sending that out by request if anybody wants to see it. It's not a secret. You know, it's it's we're open. We have an open door policy. People can come in. They can call us. They can chat. Um, and we're fortunate our welcome center's open again. so you know, people can access these findings as well if they're you know, they want to know more. I guess we could start off if um, Allison if you wanted to jump in and and just talk about some of the uh, first key findings.: So one
1: uh, significant finding that we wanted to know was with whether community members agreed or somewhat agreed with further development of tourism in Ganawage. That was very important for us to know. And uh, we were happy to see that 94% of the participants were in agreement. So we're very happy um, that our efforts are, are supported and we can continue to move forward. We also looked at uh, three top focus areas uh, for tourism development. And uh, what came out of that was they wanted, um, 72% wanted us to share the history. Uh, As well, 56% uh, arts and crafts development and storytelling of our community as well was something that uh, stood out. And as well, uh, the top three attractions that they wanted us to to develop was the Cultural Center Museum Theater when it's built, going to be built. That was very high. It was 84%. So we know that that's going to be a popular central place that people will want to visit. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, And again, Gunnawaga Tourism Welcome Centre, they agree with further development there in terms of our tours and the services that we offer. And the Echoes of a Proud Nation powwow, uh, they wanted us to continue further developing the powwow. So that was great to see. Uh, One of the areas that we realized as well was that our community members don't know too much about Gunnawaga Tourism and what we do. That was very low at 38%. So that's going to be a top priority for us moving forward that you that the community knows what services we have to offer, what we've done in the past and what we're continuing to do. And as well, we were able to identify some of the challenges that we see with with tourism. You know, people are concerned with safety and security, as well as they're concerned with the pandemic, you know, presently. And uh, I guess the lack of maybe tourism infrastructure and zoning. And the other one was uh, community awareness of tourism initiatives, benefits and goals. So. they wanted, uh, what did they say here? Community awareness of tourism, initiatives, benefits, and goals. That was one of the challenges that were identified that they that has to be um, made aware. And as well, community perceptions, both internal and external about the community, about walk in general. And then uh, also the locations, preferred locations. So we wanted to see what was preferable to the community in terms of further development. So uh, definitely they were were not, Of course, in favor of having development in residential areas, which is, you know, uh, what we expected, of course. And then the old uh, village near the church, that's a historic site. They were in agreement with that. And as well as on the major highways, um, they were in agreement with having further development there.
0: Was there anything that you guys would say was stood out as surprises within some of these results when they came back?
2: Yes and no. I guess this is just because I've been in the tourism development now for the amount of years I kind of, you know, speaking with community members, I kind of had a feel of what the results would look like, and I was really shocked though at the amount of uh, lack of knowledge, you know, of what tourism does within our community and also externally as well. You know, working with our Montreal and Montérégie partners, we share the information, we think it's out there, but then the workers, like who are frontline, let's say in the info centers, they didn't even know but we spoke with all the higher ups. So we have to take a new approach and it's like, okay, well now let's do what, one of the things we're going to do is a tour for tourism Montreal and invite their whole team, you know, even the people who work in the front to come and see what we do. And and that's a, a normal thing to do in the industry. You know, when you're working with your partners or operators or the press is you invite them to come and see what you do so that way they know what they're writing about or promoting or or just telling other people. We'll be doing that with our partners. And and what Allison had said was the awareness of our products and services, you know, we didn't realize, you know, just because we're in it every day, we're doing the events that people don't notice maybe that Kahnawake Tourism is a partner or a sponsor or a main organizer of certain events in the community or even that they exist. So we're going to be working, um, in the next, I guess I would say like six months on an awareness campaign within the community of, uh, you know, what we do, how people can access our services, um, how tourism can benefit the community. And we're also going to be doing a newsletter. So that's one of the ways that we're going to get the information out there. So aside from our social media and our websites, we have a new loo- newsletter that we're drafting right now. And we're going to highlight some things, maybe, you know, stories like what is a visitor? Because we all have different images of what a visitor looks like. Just like a visitor has different images of what we look like as Zungwe people. Definitely. So, you know, what are, what are a tourists coming? What do they look like? And what are the differences between a visitor and a tourist? What our clientele are? Who's coming here? Uh, whether that be for guided tours or whether it just be the various businesses we have in the community, you know, who our clientele, who's coming in the, in the community and, you know, highlight the different industries that we have within tourism, because there's so many different areas, you know, there's culinary tourism, there's cultural tourism, there's leisure, there's religious tourism, educational tourism, and we fall in a lot of those categories. So, you know, with, we have two new hotels that are being built, We have our cultural center being built. What areas can we develop more? Which ones can we improve upon if we're already in those sectors? And we'll be making those information, you know, available to the community in these next few years, hoping that it gives more insight as to what we're trying to achieve, as well as how it can benefit the individual community member. And then we're going to be working on um, kind of an advisory board or a committee that's going to say what's okay and what's not okay to share. It's going to be a collective group of people. And we'll see because we've never done this before. And and I've seen it done in various other communities within um, the industry. Indigenous tourism specifically is that they they gather maybe elders and youth and knowledge keepers and people within the industry and they have certain standards of what they can share with visitors and what's not able to share. So, you know, we want to really highlight that, you know, that that's what one of the steps we're taking because as we're increasing, you know, our product development, as our cultural center is being built, we have the opportunity for more experiences and cultural tours. So we want to make sure we're doing it in the right way. We want to be respectful and mindful, not to overshare, but we still want to you know, help people learn who we are.
0: See, this might be a perfect example of how important it is for people to participate in these community surveys, because you guys are both sitting here with piles of paper in front of you. (laughs) And clearly you guys have gone through all of the comments and everything like that. So when people see these things come up, these types of surveys, it's very crucial to, because now it could be some of the guiding principles for tourism moving forward.
2: Exactly. You know, it's community owned if you don't take part in these surveys, then your voice isn't heard as a person who has like surveys going through, I'm always like filling everybody else's surveys out. (laughs) I'm like, I want to make sure that like, I'm, I'm not that person that, you know, just says, ah, whatever, somebody else will do it. You know, if I want my voice heard, then I'm going to participate. So I'm really happy with the people who took part in this, uh, you know, we had a great turnout and then also with our strategic planning sessions, we had a, a great turnout for those. Um, that was also done in the fall. Just hearing the different discussions, we have all similar concerns from various sectors in the community, but we all have a common vision and goal. It's really positive to see, you know, that we're of all one mind. Uh, you know, we always say that when we do our Ohan Degeri every day, that we should be of one mind. And really, we, we are. And it's, it's really nice to see you know, moving forward and and seeing all these results. Yeah, we're, you know, we're working our best to get this info out there. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of findings. I don't expect everybody to read the entire thing like we have. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, But it's not, um, we wanted to reiterate that this strategic plan, it's just a draft for now, but it's not just going to sit on our shelf. You know, like some places they're like, oh, we're getting a strategic plan and we got all this money and we did this community consultation and then, then it's, we'll see you in three years we're like going through these documents, we're analyzing it, we're seeing how each part of what we do right now can fit into this. Or if it doesn't fit, then let's scrap it and move on, because it's really important that we're progressive and that we're innovative and we're looking exactly at what we should be doing.
0: So based on on some of these results, like you're saying, Kimberly, um, it seems like you know, a lot of people are in are in line with what tourism is looking for. So you guys are on the right track. That's got to give you some uh, mm-hmm. positivity moving forward.
2: Mm-hmm. It does. It's a little scary too. <laughs> you know, we're moving forward. Everybody has like their fears and we want to make sure we do it right. That was one thing that came out in the survey too. There were a lot of fears, you know, about visitors coming in our community. And I think that's normal, you know, for a small close-knit community that we are. And also we just came out of a pandemic. So mm-hmm. people coming here are scary on top of being scary. Right. We haven't had many <laughs>
0: visitors for a better yeah. part of two years to begin with. Right.
2: Exactly. So uh, one of the items that came out of that was, um, you know, certain areas, uh, how Allison had said, like the different locations for further development. We want to stick to those areas that we want to develop. And we want to make sure that anybody who's coming is not you know wandering where they shouldn't be so one of the um, first items that we have in our our draft plan and we were kind of already doing this already so I'm glad that it falls right into the needs of the community is our our map it's a, an interactive map it's already out there it's been live since last summer but that map people can click on and get direct directions. That makes sense saying those words together. (laughs) Um, They can get the exact directions to go towards maybe the business they're going to or the attraction uh, without getting, you know, lost off their route um, because it is a struggle that a lot of people have. It's a struggle that everybody has, you know, getting parcel deliveries or food deliveries. So this was one way that we found could be easier for people to navigate throughout the community. And stick to the certain, I guess, designated roads and not residential areas. So another thing is our new Explore Kahnawaga app. And we just called it that for our project proposal. I don't know. It doesn't have like a name officially. But it's going to be by QR codes or a certain link. And people are going to be able to use their smartphones to scan and get information right on their phone. So historical information, let's say the Quebec Bridge Memorial Monument, or the Cenotaph, or they'll go to the shrine and go through the museum and be able to have a guided tour right there on their phone. And this is going to help us because we always have difficulty with tour guides. You know, we have a limited staff of tour guides right now, and we're doing a tour guide recruitment campaign too. So if anybody's interested, you can apply. (laughs) (laughs) But it's going to be available in English, French, and in Kanyageha. So it's not just a tourism product. Our people are going to be able to use it also so they can navigate throughout the community and get historical info. So we're hoping that maybe like the schools can use it. You know, the teachers can have it. Maybe some projects like they can go. And it's a different way of learning, being digital and, and sharing our history and our culture. Um, so it's going to have written facts, but also audio and video.
0: Maybe it's just also a good uh, alternative for the people who don't necessarily maybe want to take a a guided tour or anything like that, or they'd like to prefer to learn on their own, if you will.
2: Yeah, 100%. We have a lot of people who are just walking in, let's say. Um, We have a lot of guided tours who are pre-scheduled and they have a set uh, route and they have a guide with them. But for the people who are just stopping by, maybe for the day, maybe a couple, maybe a family, they can, they can have this opportunity to do a more self-guided tour, but we'll keep them on the route that we want, you know? So to follow the, the links route, uh, make sure they stay in the areas that we designate as visitor-friendly. Uh, I think one of the things too we wanted to touch on was the fact that uh, since 2014,
1: when actually statistics were taken about the number of visitors that come into the community, we have an average of about 1,600. Uh, and those are structured tours. And uh, like Kimberly really mentioned, they're structured in terms of they call, they organize, they say how many people are coming, what do they want to see? Do they want to have lunch? Do they want to go to the cultural center? So they're very organized. They'll have a tour guide available to them. Uh, if they need a bilingual one, we'll have a bilingual tour guide. And then they're taken on their tour. So, you know, you have 1600 people coming within the year, primarily mostly summer, but Uh, you have them coming in and it's very structured. So very similar to the powwow with 8,000 visitors coming, that event is well done in terms of being structured, right? They go on a certain street, they come in and out a certain street, Uh, it's uh, secured on the island and then, you know. So that's how we will continue to move forward with uh, uh, visitors as they come in. Uh, Like I said, we're very glad that the community is in favor of continuing tour development. Uh, and we have a, a goal of increasing our tours. The number of people coming in in our tours is about 135 more people a year. We're looking at, so 100 to 150. We want to be slow and steady because we have to, we develop, as we're developing, We it all works in a good pace, right? And uh, so for, even for what we've seen, for an example, the Food Fest that Kimberly has put together, they they continue to grow. They continue to grow in... Uh, the businesses are are wanting to get on board. They're wanting to share their maple culinary dishes and things like that. And we can see it's becoming a standard. In a, should I say that? And it's and almost so, expected, expected. every Expected. And they're jumping on board. So it's like saying the powwow. Oh, we're going to have the maple fest. Oh, we're going to have the strawberry fest. We're going to have. So it's becoming a fun thing. They're able to make something different. They're able to have more people have access to their restaurant, their store to see what's going on because we do promotion. So we're getting to see really a lot of business involvement. You know, it's a positive thing. It's uh, we want to continue to to encourage that. And Shop walgate is a big part of that, right? Uh, we want to shop and keep our money uh, circulating in the community. But we also want some outside dollars because businesses don't want to stay stagnant. They want to grow. And uh, so that's another goal uh, for tourism as well, is to really, really help businesses uh, expand, expand their product line, their service line, and have more clientele, for sure.
0: I'm glad that you actually mentioned the Food Fest and the powwow because uh, earlier we were talking about awareness uh, in terms of the work that tourism does in the community. And maybe there's a, a lot of events that people aren't necessarily aware of that you guys uh, are a part of or spearhead. So In addition to powwow and maybe the food fest, could you talk about some of the other events or or things that you guys get involved with?
2: Yeah, so our food fests, they were like, uh, you know, in the past they were strictly uh, where the restaurants or businesses, if they had the seasonal foods or creations that we would promote them collectively. In the future, moving forward, we will look to having in-person events for these kind of like mini fairs, um, you know, where people can get together with vendors and, And we can share the food and and maybe we can have, you know, demonstrations of maybe it's uh, a beater or different crafts or maybe dancers, you know, we can have those live events. So moving forward, I mean, you can look for those. In the past, we've helped with various events with the youth center, like their winter carnival. People don't think of that as, uh, you know, any tourism experiences because it's our youth. However, they bring in people from Agwazasnik, Anasatage, you know, that's tourism. <laughs> They're visitors. They're coming to our community. Other um, Ungwehunwe coming and sharing our culture at the powwow. That's tourism. It's not just about non-Ungwehunwe people. So those are some examples. Uh, the cultural awareness month. So in the past we've we've offered and we will be doing this year again uh, free guided tours. So throughout the month, once a week, we would do a, a guided tour, and it's open to everybody. And we've had community members who are in those tours, and they take in. They're like, "Wow, I didn't even know this about Gunawanga," and I laugh because every time I sit in on tour, I learn something new. <laughs> There's so much to learn. Uh, even our tour guides, you know, when they start talking, and oh my god, like listening in on the like the tour guide training, where the conversations go and the histories. I'm like, oh my gosh, we have so much. <laughs> But but there's, and there's one part that I, I actually,
1: uh, I know Kimberly was working to develop further was educational tours mm-hmm. and, you know, having the schools come in with the children to learn more mm-hmm. about our community. I mean, I think that's vital in terms of them getting the right information at a young age so we can sort of change that perception of, uh, you know, we still see adults that come in and they didn't even know that they could come here. They didn't even know that they could you know, shop here. They didn't know all those things, right? And they have all these per- perceptions about what they read on the outside. So that's uh, really an important element as well with uh, the tourism, because we want to help p- educate people about what we're about, you know, and what our history and what we've been through in the past. So I think that's a really good learning. learning yeah. for- And we're
2: going to be expanding upon that. Mm-hmm. That's one of the areas that we found in the strategic planning is the educational tourism area. We all re- we already were working towards it, but more of a push now, especially because of the truth and reconciliation. Schools want to add history into their curriculum, so all the Mon- the Greater Montreal area has a lot have been contacting us. Okay, well, how can we incorporate this? How can we visit? How can, can can somebody come to our school? So you know, we have a database of artisans that that we've kept, and if somebody says, "Hey, listen, I," I, I want somebody to come and show us how to make baskets Well, I'm calling Richard Nolan, <laughs> right. um, you know, or if they say, listen, uh, can somebody come and just give us a historical talk? and And then I'll call one of my tour guides and say, okay, well, are you interested? And you can go. And it's like a guided tour, but on their site. So we kind of have to diversify what we've been offering in terms of really sharing just history because of, you know, the way that, you know, our, our region, our province, this country, like the way that it's going, people want to learn about Ngoihewe people. Um, I'm seeing that all in the different press and, and news, like throughout indigenous tourism across Canada, across the world, really, is people want to learn about the real history, our version of the history. You know, they're so shocked at what they didn't know, and what was taught to them as children and then as adults how they still don't know and they don't know our realities so you know we're gonna work on including that more into our tours but i guess just to get back to the events uh one of the projects that we're, we work with all the businesses right so one of the projects that we're helping work on right now is working with nicia's accessories uh, jessica hernandez she's the owner And when she did a call out for 215 moccasins for the children that were found at Kamloops, she wanted to do something that was different, something memorable, and something educational. So we were discussing and I said, well, maybe we can incorporate that into what we're doing also. Uh, So we might, you know, use that. I I hate calling it an exhibit, but use it as an exhibit, um, for lack of better words to teach the children, to use it as an opportunity to get those stories out there. And it's good because they see it. I went with her and when she was showing it at all the schools in Gonawaga, I, I went to the Cattery school with her and, you know, just seeing their kids and reaction to it and telling them, even our kids don't know a lot of the stories and it's hard to tell them. So this is a not so harsh way, I think, of sharing, you know, those stories and, and our realities and, you know, why we do a lot of the things we do because of intergenerational trauma. And um, so, you know, we're going to be working on that. So that's just one little project that we're working on, but it's a huge project.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: (laughs) Other events that we've done in the past were like pop-up art markets, cultural days, and we're going to be working, um, hopefully with thrifting the night away this summer on their pop-up art markets, getting them, which is nice because we've done it in the past and thrifting the night away wants to, do it on their own so it's like we, they can kind of take it over but we can assist them and get it going so that it's more the community is kind of just taking these things on which is really nice off the top of my head other events like <laughs> goodness we go to events so maybe in montreal so we've gone to the First People's Festival in Montreal a few years ago. It was at Place des Arts outside. And we've gone to, oh my gosh. The powwow in Montreal. Yes. The McGill. <laughs> the McGill powwow. Um, we've gone to, there was another Montreal powwow. It was held, I think, at the Verdun Arena. We, you know, so we, we attend all these other external events as a promotion, but also so that we're connected with, you know, all these different networks are our urban Nguwewe people as well. And then I also sit on various committees. So one example is the, uh, we just had a request from Jean Jean-Jacques Po in Montreal, and they have formed an Indigenous Advisory Board. And that's for, to create guidelines and standards of how they can more indigenize their space and their product offerings. So everything that they're going to be doing is going to look back at these guidelines in their production plan. So there's a, you know, a big group of people that they got uh, from across Quebec who are Indigenous. And we've created this. I didn't create it, but I'm part of it now. Um, This Indigenous Advisory Board. So that's one example. I'm also a board member of Indigenous Tourism Quebec. So, you know, seeing what other communities are doing and helping develop tourism in Quebec. I'm part of the uh, religious shrines in Montreal. So there's a like a board that meets every, I think it's two, year, uh, two times a year. And because of the church, they needed a representative to sit on that board. So I sit on that board for them. And I listen to what the trends are and where they're moving forward. And they like to hear from us of what we're doing. And we've collaborated on different things, which kind of led to one circuit that we created, which was the St. Lawrence River Shrines. Um, and that's five shrines located along the St. Lawrence River. And uh, we created this tourism circuit. So we have one representative who goes to all the different marketplaces and he sells this circuit. And mostly it's to the Quebec market. And people can visit all the shrines and they all have a museum and they do guided tours and they have boutiques. So it's really interesting to see the different um, histories between them and similarities and differences. So. That's fun.
0: So if we're if we're looking forward to the the near the very near future, can we expect to see any more surveys or consultations from tourism?
2: Maybe not for a little while. <laughs> it's uh, this was a huge process. Our strategic plan is for three years, so we're coming to the closing of our like our strategic planning process. So the survey was part of it. We have the last steps of just the validation of our plan. So we're hoping that people can request to see it. And if they want to review it, they can uh, discuss it with us and let us know their concerns. We will be presenting it to the community, probably via Facebook Live, because it's hard to still hold an in-person session. So we'll be doing that, a short presentation, myself and the consultant that uh, we worked with, John Dunn from Floor 13. So we'll be doing that. And yeah, we'll be presenting the final plan uh, within uh, the next few months, that's for sure. I don't have a, a set deadline just yet, because we want to do it right. We're not just going to say, oh, we need it done by June 1st. And that's it. If somebody has something to say, like, we're going to listen. You know, moving forward, I don't see many surveys, but we always do, you know, after our events. Like if participants want to participate in a survey, we want to know how we did at the event. Or um, for our visitors that are coming, we do surveys with them. So how was your visit today? Where did you visit? So we want to see if they did like a restaurant or a boutique or Maybe they play golf or something. you know, let's see where it's all going. But I don't think any big community surveys for now.
1: no, we'll do, we'll be setting working with these documents, this information and setting our objectives uh, for the first, second and third year, of course. And uh, you know, we have to um, lay all of that out and figure out what we're going to be doing. and uh, you know, we're always growing our team. and so I think it's it, it's really uh, gonna be a while before there's anything majorly new. Uh, we're in it, we're now in a tourism season that we didn't think we were going to have, but we're now we're going to have one, which is uh, amazing. Very happy with that. Hopefully it doesn't change. So we're just looking forward to actually sitting down and making the plans, uh, based on all the input from the community.
0: So there's definitely a lot of exciting things to look forward to in terms of, uh, tourism, but, uh, before we go, was there anything else that you guys might want to add about
2: tourism? Oh my goodness. We said so much today. <laughs> um really if if you're interested in learning more sign up for our newsletter because or just follow our facebook page because we post everything on there participate in our food fests especially right now because i think i gained about 10 pounds just eating all maple products i'm not promoting gaining weight but it's so delicious um and at least it's a healthy sugar right Uh. (laughs) so yeah really uh you know get involved and and if you like to learn more we're here you know we want uh we also want more tour guides so if you want to apply to be a tour guide stop by the welcome center and fill out an application and we're looking for english and french speaking tour guides so yeah a lot of a lot of good things coming out um stay tuned for it to be posted publicly and I guess that's
0: it. Yeah. Well, I'll take this opportunity to thank both of you guys again for coming in today and sharing all this information and we'll be looking forward to chatting again soon.
2: Awesome. Okay. for having us.
0: Thanks for listening to the Yerdiwazay Front Page Podcast. Be sure to check out our other podcasts like Yerdiwazay Profiles, Meatheads and The Beating Table on Google and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Views and opinions of the guest expressed in this podcast do not reflect those of Udiwase and its employees.